welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on films that are out of date, out of fashion, and out of style. And I'm speaking faster because I just said this one minute ago and I forgot to hit record. I am your host for this episode that I am now recording, James Eldred. And joining me once more is... Joe Odber from the Twitter yes. account, Fruit of the Loom. Yes, Joe. And why don't, as I just said a minute ago, why don't you tell people about yourself? Well, I'm and a... Twitter, and your Twitter account. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm a radio journalist in Scotland, but um, we got in touch because of my uh, Twitter, Fruit of the Loom, which looks at Mandela effects, retcons, law of attraction, just any kind of nonsense that people uh, think about jumping realities or don't believe in reality. Yeah, I, I noticed your recent retweet about reality shifting, which was uh, equal parts annoying and distressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, are they, do they, does she want to kill herself because she wants to fuck Fred Weasley? Is that what she, is yeah. that? Yeah, she wants to get okay. impregnated by Fred Weasley. Yeah. Uh, uh, anytime anyone uses the phrase, I want to get impregnated, it's usually a red flag. Like, yeah. you can say you want to have a baby. That's fine. But if you're like, I want to get impregnated, the next part of that sentence is usually going to be bad. Yeah. And it's not even a main. It's a minor Weasley. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't even know who the, fu- who the fuck is Fred Weasley. Is he the dad? No, I think is he's he, one no? of the twins. One of the two. Okay. I, even, before, even before J.K. Rowling unearthed herself as a vapid piece of shit, I had, I had lost interest. In, and I only seen, I think I've only seen the first three of them, the first three movies. I read the books, but they're not great. I mean, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They don't make a lot of sense. Nah, well, you know, there's like seven of them. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, keep it going. But anyway, uh, before today we're gonna be talking about a Christmas film, kind of. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to ask you, Joe, has there any? Have you seen anything else lately that you wanted to talk about? Anything? I, anything? You asked me this, and I'm racking myself. I have seen so few films; it's crazy. Uh, oh no awful but uh you know my interest italian trash especially from the 70s um and my big recommendation that i've seen recently i loved it was the big racket uh, it's an enzo castellari film the guy that did the original okay. bastards and it's um it's a kind of gangster film um and it's it's fantastic it has to be seen okay the big racket the big racket yeah Racket. Is it is it sleazy and gross like the ones we talked about, or is it more? Yeah, yeah, it's sleazy okay. and gross. Yeah. All right, that's, sounds good. It has a, uh, it's a, oh, it's a, a polio polio. How do you say that? Polio tetchi. I think you. Polio tetchi. Gesundheit. Um, I we we've established many times I cannot say any foreign words. It's really bad. I'm living in my non-native country. Yeah. At least you find easier pronunciation. I can do Japanese pronunciation just fine. Everything else about it, I can't do. But yeah. the pronunciation, I'm good. <laughs> uh, just la- I watched two two movies this week. I want to touch on really quickly. Last night, I watched The Car. Oh right, uh, yeah, yeah. Which with uh, James Brolin, not Josh Brolin, James Brolin, and R.G. Armstrong, who I recognize from Eight Million Sam Peckinpah films, and um, it's about a killer car, like a ghost car in like utah <laughs> so it's mormons versus the devil it happens and uh it was surprisingly good like it's dumber than shit it's about a ghost car but it's a cool looking car james Boland's cool in it um good 70s style 
Like I recommend that. And I also watched um I was drunk and we watched Eve of Destruction, which is a 1991 sci-fi cop movie with Gregory Hines. Oh right. Yes, noted action star Gregory Hines. Um and he's hunting a robot named Eve. Um it's stupid. It's really bad. I it's on Prime, and if you're drunk, you can do you can do worse. But Gregory Hines, like I let may he rest in peace. Fantastic actor, amazing dancer, action star. No, no, it's not. But it, there's the scenes where he he's supposed to look really intense. He, whenever he's supposed to look intense, he just looks really disappointed in you. Like just like just like dead eyed like, like, like you know like when you like when you when you when your dad is mad at you and he just says I'm not I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. That's the entire vibe of the film. But it's on Prime, you know. Maybe if you're an idiot like me and you want to check that out, go for it. I also watched Circus of Horrors, which is a, a movie about a plastic surgeon who takes over a uh, traveling circus troupe to practice plastic surgery and then murder people who escape. I've, um, I've been reading about that film. It sounds good. That has Donald Pleasance in it for two and a half minutes, and um, that was a that was a that was a good. Um, it's my second favorite circus film, circus themed horror film after Vampire Circus. Right. Vampire Circus, better movie. Uh, that's by Hammer. And speaking of Hammer, segue. Uh, today we are talking about. 1961 in America, 1963 in the UK, Cash on Demand, starring my favorite, Peter Cushing, and directed by uh, Quentin Lawrence. Now, Joe, before I asked you if you'd seen this, I forgot. Have you seen this before? I I had not seen it before. Okay. All right. Well, before we even get into it, did you you like it? I loved it. It was really good. Give people a really quick uh, back-of-the-box synopsis what it's about. It's a, a heist film at a small English bank in the 50s or 60s, set at Christmas uh, with, a, with an unusual bank robber. Yes, yes. And I, uh, a rather uncommon thief, as he says, which I'll bring up later. Um, yeah, I, I had discovered this film, which, by the way, if you want to watch this, it's just on YouTube. Um, yay, copyright. Um, there are two versions of it. There's a one that's only like 67 minutes long. That's the UK version. How long was your version? I got the I got the Blu-ray. Um, and I think I watched I think I tried to watch both of them, but I didn't notice. I think I watched the shorter one first and then the longer one second. And I had <laughs> okay. all, yeah, I had a lot of good stuff I think missed out, but I'd forgotten to go back and check. The 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 most of the stuff that's cut out is the stuff that's before Peter Cushing shows up. It is a short movie. The 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 full version is eighty minutes. The abridged version is sixty seven minutes. Yeah, um, and real time. Yeah, more or less real time. It can't. They both can't be real time. So <laughs> one of them's not. But yeah, more or less real time. They they even kind of make a make a note of it in the movie where you see a clock and then it comes back to the clock later. Um, but yeah, really tight, effective thriller. I first saw this probably last year or two years ago. Some point since the pandemic. When I went full Cushing, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I can't leave the house, so I'll just go on Amazon and buy every single Peter Cushing film I could find. 
and this was up here. And it's one of my favorite types of Hammer films because Hammer's really known for their horror movies, obviously. But they made before horror and kind of concurrently like crime movies and thrillers. Yeah. And I really feel like those are really, really underrated. Have you seen it? Yeah. No, I haven't seen any, many of the thrillers, but they've all got a very great um, kind of sleazy one-word uh, names. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, yeah. Great. Maniac. Um, Maniac. Paranoiac. Uh, I believe they did Die, Die, My Darling. Right. Uh, don't Take from a Stranger sounds very interesting. It sounds grim. That is a, no, that's Don't Take Sweets from a Stranger or Don't Take Candy from a Stranger. Uh, that is a movie I will never cover on here because I'm I am much too flippant to talk about that movie. That is a dead serious movie about child sexual abuse. Um, it is very good. I highly recommend it, but it is not a fun movie. Yeah. Um, there's yeah Maniac. There's another one I had in my head a minute ago. Um, The Snorkel, which I brought up last week. I think The Snorkel is amazing. Snorkel. Um, it's, it's just fun to say snorkel. Snorkel. Um. So many great of these of these kind of, kind of like real the super B movies like they're all made to be support films, yeah. you know. And this was kind of not that they kept making them throughout the sixties, but this might be the last one they did with Peter Cushing, uh, because he was the main boy. That's right, yeah. And apparently he wanted to move away from because he was getting famous being in the the horror films. They they'd had Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which is great. I love the the Cushing oh. Lee Frankenstein. It's quite a yes. shock when you first see it because it's very different from you know your image of Frankenstein, um, and and yeah, it's it's, it's a cracking film, and of course that the, the Dracula as well, which was oh um, yeah, I mean the Dracula. I talked about him recently. Everybody who knows me on on Twitter knows I worship Peter Cushing on multiple levels. Uh, I really appreciate Joe you helping me get Hammer to unblock me on Twitter. Uh, did you? Oh, did it work? Did it unblock? Yes, with your tweet. He needs more cushing for the more cushing for the pushing. More cushing for the pushing. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but still, and yet, uh, that was a that was a statement. Um, yeah, this is after this is after he started doing horror. This is after Curse of Frankenstein, after the Abominable Snowman, after after a couple, after the Mummy, after at least two Frankenstein films. Um, and and after uh, Hound of the Baskervilles, ah uh, yes, which, which I watched as well this week, which was great. Oh, uh, which is probably Hammer's most prestige film. Yeah, I would say yeah. like it's like you know because it's one you can take your family to when in, in the fifties, like the nineteen fifties Frankenstein movie. That's a fucked up movie for nineteen for for nineteen fifty seven. That movie's pretty fucked up. You know, <laughs> there's like heads on this. That's a it's a pretty dire film. Um, Hound of the Basketballs is fun, and we'll get to the crew in a minute. But in addition to Peter Cushing, that movie also stars Andre Morel, who as Watson, who is in this film, and uh, Andre Morel I think is a lesser known of the Hammer troupe. You know, because you got Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, but I would say he's he's really important to the, a lot of good Hammer films. Yeah, I watched um, Plague of the Zombies um, over the last few days. Fantastic uh, movie. A great film. Really good plot, some gory stuff, a good zombie film. And it was like a, what, 66? So it was a year it's, it's, it's before. Pre, it's pre-Night of the Living Dead. 
Yeah, it is. So you've got, you know, there's more plot behind it with the <laughs> zombies, but it's still a really good zombie film. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And he was in some like quote unquote real movies. He's in Blood he's in um Ben Hur. And yeah. he's in Britain River Kwai. Which um, I great love that one. Which I've I've never seen. I know. Okay, I recently. know. Really good. You know, I know. It, I know. I think, wow. I've not seen this before. Yeah. Messed that, up that's Alec, Alec Guinness, right? Yeah, I love yeah, Alec Guinness. Yeah, like the, the definitive Alec Guinness non-Star Wars role, like from what everyone says. <laughs> uh, Andre Morel, A-plus nose. Just an amazing, yeah. amazing nose. Um, mm. He is the Pete Townsend of Hammer. Um, <laughs> Pete Townsend <laughs> has the nose. Uh, yes. I like him in those movies you mentioned. He's also in The, the Mummy's Shroud. It's not a great movie, but he's good in it. Uh, I have not seen The Vengeance of She. I just bought it. I've seen She, but not The Vengeance of She. And I I forgot he was in it, but he's in Chen Willington Place, which yeah. I never want to watch that movie again. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. I saw the recent um, TV adaptation with Tim Roth, which was really good. Was he the killer? Uh, Tim Roth was a killer, yeah. He was great that, in yeah, it. Yeah, I could see that. that Chen Willington Place is, is a terrifying movie. Like it is a legitimately scary film, um, with uh, Richard Attenborough as basically a serial killer, and the the case that got the case that pretty much got the death penalty destroyed in the UK, from what I from what I hear about it, because um, they killed the wrong guy. Uh, not a fun movie, but he's good in it. He's also is in Lord of the Rings. He's the voice of El, El, the, the nineteen seventy eight Lord of the Rings. The Ralph Bakshi one. The yeah, the yeah. I never yeah. seen those. I, I've I seen didn't smoke. One. Did you see those? I saw one as a kid. I'm sure I... Well, I think he made one. Well, there's that one in his Return of the King was somebody else. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't smoke weed in high school, so... Oh, right. <laughs> I, uh, he's got such a great voice. I can, I can see him as Elrond. He has such a great voice. This isn't an unusual accent. I mean, to me. Like, I, we're gonna... I mean, this movie has a lot about class, and we'll get there. Yeah, uh, yeah. This movie is very British, and I know, I know you're Scottish. But you know you're closer to me. They're closer than me. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm an American in Japan, so. Uh, I, but he has such a strange voice, and it's like, it is very for me stereotypically upper class. Yes, yes, it is definitely yeah, because, such a real upper class drawl. Yeah, yeah, the, the way, yeah. He his R's or something else. Um, and yeah, because Peter Cushing's the bank manager, and he plays, and and Andrew Morrell plays somebody who calls himself a colonel, who starts the 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 events that, that lead to the robbery, and he just he's so goddamn charming that he's hard to keep his eyes off of, and just kind of really owns every scene he's in, which is most of the movie, and he makes you dislike Peter Cushing, which for me is really hard to do. Yeah. Um, because I like I like uptight Peter Cushing, like he's my man. Because uh, he just kind of plays like this little prick. In the, but um, I'm whatever. I'm down. But anyway, um, only other person really of note here, and then we'll get to the crew is Richard Vernon. Yeah, uh, he's a really good actor. He's the yeah. So the, what do you know uh, him from? I oh, you know, he's got one of these faces that um, you, you see him in everything. But um, yes, Minister and yes, Prime Minister. Really famous British sitcoms from the from the eighties and I think nineties as well. Yeah, I think he, so, plays yeah. That, he plays at uh, the head of a bank in that who doesn't really know anything about banking, okay. but possibly most famous from the TV version, the the BBC version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, he plays 
uh, Slarty Barfarst, played by <laughs> Bill Nye in the more recent film version. Yes, thank you. I forgot how to say that name, so thank you. Um, yes, that's how I, I... The first time I watched it, I couldn't place him, and then I Googled his name, and I'm like, oh, Slarty Barfarst. He's also in uh, Corman's Tomb of, Le- Tomb of Legia. Legia. Yeah. I can never say that. Yeah. And he's in Gold... He's in Goldfinger. He's in the Satanic Rites of Dracula, which is not a good movie. That's the last Christopher Lee uh, Hammer Vampire movie, Dracula movie, after Dracula 72. Um, He's only 36 years old in this movie. Yeah. yeah. The the three uh, Clarks in this, um, (laughs) Vernon, Barry Lowe, and uh, Norman Bird, who plays Sanderson, the the chess fella, they're all the same in this film. Blows but, my mind. I know they, they look like three <laughs> different generations and uh, three different classes as well. Um, yeah, because they got like the young hip one who, like, if you asked me, I would say he's twenty five. Yeah, and then the other one, if you asked me, I'd say he's thirty six. And then if mm-hmm. you asked me how old Richard Vernon is, he plays Pearson. I would say at least fifty with his yeah. terrible hairpiece. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is intentional in the movie. Like, I think that's a character. Yes. Whenever I see an older guy, I mean, I'm 43 now, so I'm getting up there. But if I see a guy my age or older with a suit jacket and then under it a cardigan, mm-hmm. I'm like, are you Mr. Rogers? <laughs> no? Well, then maybe you shouldn't do that. Unless you're my grandfather. Like, that's, 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 it is the most neutered look. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, you look like a weak, weak man. Um, is there anybody else in this movie you want to mention? I think that the whole supporting cast is, is really good. Norman Bird, who plays Sanderson, was in uh, League of Gentlemen. And I don't know if he's seen that. That's a great British heist film. No, I haven't seen that. You recommend that one then? That is, um, oh, I can't remember who else is in that one. Uh, Jack Hawkins, uh, I, I believe. It's about a, a bunch of demob soldiers after the, the Second World War who think they've been kind of thrown in the scrap heap. And they decide to do a, a big heist with, with stolen guns. Okay, yeah, nineteen. So Nigel Patrick, Jack Hawkins, Richard Attenborough. Yep, yep. Directed and by he, somebody named Basil Dearden, which is a great. Basil Dearden was a a great British director, especially of Ealing films. Yeah, he was he was a he was a top one. Okay, I'll have to check that one out then. Yeah, because that that sounds like a great cast and a great poster. And that's a, oh, it's a comedy. Uh, kind of a comedy, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Because when I hear *Legal Gentlemen*, I think about Robert Fripp. Because that's, oh, right. that's one of his, that's one of his bands. So I'm I I. It's also a very famous British sitcom as well from oh about ten twenty years ago. Um, that very probably cynical. did not age well. Uh, maybe not. It's got a little bit of black in it, a little bit. And and there's, there's some trans humor in that too. I think. Oh yes, there is. Yes, yes, there is. Yes. So. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, there is. Let's just let's let's just move on. Um. I want to talk about the some of the people who worked on this because none of them really did a ton of stuff, but they a couple of them have some really interesting things. It's directed by Quentin Lawrence, mm-hmm. who uh, did I've seen as a few of his films. I saw well, I think I saw the sequel to Blood Island. No, no, I saw I saw the first Blood Island. He did the second Blood Island. Um, now those are pirate he, films, are they? Sequel to Blood Island. Uh, any of them? No. Well, there's the camp on Blood Island, the World War Two movie. Oh, right. Okay. okay. With Andre Morel, which is Hammer's least racist World War II film. Okay. Um, uh, I forgot the other one they made, but it's, it's, ooh, it's ooh. Uh, <laughs> hard to watch. 
something about bayonets, maybe? No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of one that was just like in the end. In the end, the, the Japanese kill everybody in, in the most like heartless way possible. It's it's not a not a fun movie. I watched it with my boyfriend. It was awkward. Um, because <laughs> he's Japanese. Um, then, but he he made uh, yeah the crawling eye, which I like. That's what by Jimmy Sangster, who's a Hammer standby Hammer regular, but that's not a Hammer film. And but before he was a director, he was apparently a nuclear scientist. <laughs> yeah, who worked on the bomb. He went to America. Yeah. And worked. What the fuck? <laughs> like when I when I was researching um, Horror Express, I did not expect to learn a lot about the blacklist. When I researched uh, Cash on Demand, I did not expect to bring up the nuclear bomb. But uh, apparently it's quite hush-hush what he did, but he worked on the bomb. And then he also worked on some stuff to improve TV pixel quality and then went into directing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did a shitload of TV. Yes. He did a lot of uh, Coronation Street, which is Britain's longest-running soap opera, uh, TV soap opera. And uh, I think pioneered the, the, the first one, where, where a soap has a week on holiday and i think the, the the crew the cast went to majorca or something like that in the oh wow <laughs> yeah i don't know any of these shows because i'm not because i i know american uh i think he did, did he do any avengers no just no okay um that's the that's usually the only like the only british shows i know from this, from that era are like avengers secret agent man the prisoner mm-hmm. and all the gary anderson shit um <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, but I just thought that was like, who knew the director of this movie went on, started as a nuclear scientist. The writers didn't do too much. Um, one of them, Louis Griefier, did the uh, Doctor Doctor Who, wrote a movie called The Man Who Finally Died, which is a Peter, which uh, Lawrence directed, which is a Peter Christie film I have not seen, which is, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, and the good one? I don't know. I haven't seen oh, yeah. that one. Okay. And then the other writer is David T. Chandler from Pittsburgh, where I lived for 10 years. Um, went to move, wrote the Superman serials and TV show, went to England, wrote She, wrote a shitload of British TV, um, uh, stuff again, stuff I'd, I'd, I've never heard of, went back to America and retired. And all I could find about this dude. I was looking for his name, and I got to read this quote. I found a letter in the LA Times, a letter to the editor. It's him because it was his full name, and it's in and, and, and the ad and the city was where he the city where he said he was home is where he died. So it's definitely him. In response to an article about Jerry Garcia's death, and I got to read this. <clears throat> they say Jerry Garcia died with a smile on his face. I wonder how many thousands thousands of other people died with smiles on their faces. Women and children killed in gang and cartel crossfire. Honest judges and office holders blown apart by car bombs. The money Jerry Garcia spent on drugs helped finance these murders. Wipe that smile off your face, Jerry. Wow. Dude, he smoked weed. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't Scarface. <laughs> Calm down. Anyway, that's the last published writ writing by David T. Chandler. Uh, he passed away, I think, in 2012. Yeah, 2012 at the age of 86. I don't know what he did. If anybody knows more about this guy, let me know because that's fascinating. Um, 
I want to briefly also talk about the. What, I've done another Hammer film, but I haven't really talked about the the Hammer guys. Yes. So yeah, Joe, you're a Hammer fan. I do. I am a Hammer yeah. fan. Yeah. So what do you know about Carreras and Keys? Yeah. Um. Well, they were the guys that were running it in in the what the fifties and sixties, but it was a much older film. Yeah, and it was a much older. Um, company though I think it started up in the 30s it was was it Carreras' grandfather that, that helped found it yes Enrique Carreras was a co-founder of Hammer Films yeah 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 um, and they, they did different different genres and before kind of falling into to, to horror in, in the mid 50s yeah they kind of did a bit of everything because they, they they found it as their goal when they found it was to make B movies yeah and they had like, the quota one so if the, like foreign films were shown over here they could they could tack on a, a British, a cheaply made British film to allow oh. it to be shown, which is oh. why they, they were specifically making cheap films to to join on to big American films, and they both made a bit of a profit from it. So it's like a, it's like a content law. Like uh, in in Canada, they have Canadian Canadian content, which like if you have like which is why I know who Our Lady Peace is because like we had a, a we I lived in Detroit, I lived by Detroit, and so the Canadian alternative station would play like Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana. And then that one, tra- the one tra- tragically hip song you know outside of Canada. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So kind of the same. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. Right, that was, um, on one of the documentaries about this, there was a there was a, a trade picture, and they had about uh, for if you're in a quota mess, get quater mass. <laughs> People can't see me, but <laughs> that's a terrible joke. It's a bad pun. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Quater mass. Yeah. Uh, he directed and wrote a few Hammer films also in addition to producing uh, Carreras did he did as a director what was his big one I think um, Maniac which is another, one of the one of the good be- another, one of the good like thrillers yeah. he directed a lot in the 50s like in short movies and unfortunately he also directed Shatter which is Peter Cushing's last Hammer film which is a wannabe kung fu movie which is unwatchably horrible uh, and the Lost Continent, which is also really, really, really bad. Um, I can't, I can't imagine Peter doing kung fu. Great he's actor. Not doing, he's not doing kung fu. No, okay. Uh, he's like the he's like the guy who gives the guy the missing. Right, and then he yeah, yeah he shows up. Shat is a piece of like Shat is the right word. Uh, <laughs> it's a bad. It's a bad one. Um, and then um, there's the other, other other producer, Anthony Nelson Keys, who was also one of the main, like one of the main Hammer guys, and yeah. he did a lot of a lot of stuff there. He 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 produced all the main shit, like all the Frankenstein's, all the Quatermass, 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 yeah, Quatermass. He didn't direct anything. Um, he's just a producer. So he 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 knew his lane and stuck with it. He did write a little bit of one of the Frankenstein films, one of the last. I think Frankenstein must be destroyed, but that's about it. He was only producing, so he he knew his lane and stuck to it. Pretty much every good Hammer film and a lot of bad ones he produced. And you know, so I just wanted to mention those guys really quick because I, I kind of left them out the last time talking about Hammer. Um, and a lot when you watch a Hammer film, you see the same names every time. Um, yes. Same same composer William uh, Wilford Joseph did a lot of their movies. He did Die Die My Darling. This is a great movie. 
cinematographer is Arthur Grant. He did like a dozen Hammer films. Same editors, same costume designers. You see the same sets. That's so, right, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Like, they, I think they mentioned on the commentary track, they recognize the staircase. Yes, that's right. From another it's film. And they try not to put them together. And... Yeah, yeah. So it, that's, it's, it's a lot of fun when you, when you watch a Hammer film like that. It's like, it's like watching a play. Like, like a, a touring a, a play, a production company. Which makes sense, because this was, this, was, this was a TV play first. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, which with, I, I presume has, has been lost now, because obviously it was the, the TV plays were all done live. You know, they didn't yeah. did put it out. Um, yeah, I don't know if Peter Cushing and Andre Morel were in the a very famous uh, adaptation of 1984. Yeah, on that's not lost. That's, that's not available. lost. Yeah, yeah. They filmed yeah. that one, um, which I have seen years ago, but uh, I, I don't remember it. And Morel plays, plays O'Brien in it. Okay. Uh, TV film... Live TV film aesthetic is weird. Yes. Like if, yeah. if you ever watch those, I, I watched the TV film version of Requiem for a Heavyweight. Okay. With, I, I believe that's the one of Jack Palance. One of them has Anthony Quinn. One of them has Jack Palance. I forgot which one's which. Um, but the, the live TV version, it looks like it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like every, especially that one has boxing in it. <laughs> like they're doing it. it's like if somebody misses if somebody misses the mark they're dead um yeah well they must have somebody out off off shot doing the foley work for, for the punches i didn't even with think a, about that yeah baseball bat and a and a watermelon timing yeah. <laughs> it or just go the rocky route and just have two slaps of meat oh like, yeah rock, that's it. rocky punches are the best ones yeah And again, this is on YouTube. And again, it's a Christmas film. So watch it before Christmas with your family. Uh, that's not ironic. It's not, just, not a fucked up movie. This is, the mo- this is one of the most like not fucked up movies I've covered this month. <laughs> it, you know what? A really good Christmas movie. It's about redemption. It doesn't you know, push the Christmas in your face, but it is Christmassy in a good way. It's Christmassy, and it, uh, and, and it reminds me of two other Christmas stories, which we'll get to. Um, but I, I like how it opens, like the, the, the American version opens with everybody else coming to the bank first and referring to somebody as his highness. Yeah. And that's Peter Cushing because Peter Cushing is playing Harry Fordyce, who is just the, just a little prick. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had bosses like him? No, not quite like that. No, no. I've had pricks as bosses, certainly. But uh, yeah, not like, like very fastidious, mm-hmm. always looking to put you down. Does not want to mix with the underlings. That is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. A bank, a bank manager certainly at this time was seen as a, a pillar of of the community. Certainly, mm-hmm. somebody a cut above, um, and and should not be um, mixing with the, the 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 subordinates as he actually does call them. He doesn't yes. ingratiate himself <laughs> with his subordinates. And nobody likes him. Like he's just seen as a right bastard, uh, uptight. Um, 
he berates them for having dirty pen heads. Yes. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> and he says, this isn't a post office. Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. 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 And he even accuses Pearson of embezzling. That's right. That's the Richard Vernon character. The, yeah. The main, yeah. The main Clark who they really do not get on. Yeah, they don't get along. Pearson wants to um, transfer, but then um, uh, Fordyce is like, well, maybe you should just be dismissed. And it's like, you'd fire me? Uh, and that's kind of left hanging because uh, someone shows up to the bank claiming to be uh, a, what is it, an insurance agent? That's right. He's from, he's from the bank's insurers, and he's there to check their security. And Colonel Gore Hepburn. Colonel, Colonel Gore Hepburn, and of course, very upper middle class. He's a colonel. You know, the, 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 the hangover from the war, again, is mm. still very much in this, you know, being a colonel. Yeah. Meant something. Uh, they, they talk about how Pearson's character was a, was a corporal. We said, oh, I was yeah. just a corporal. This guy was a colonel. Yeah. I mean, we're both too young for this, but uh, um, you, when, you, when you think about movies made at this time, and you think about everybody who's in it and everybody, all the characters they're playing, if they're a man over the age of 25, they were in the war. Yeah, yeah. So, Peter like, Cushing, was, Peter Cushing was a little bit sick. Apparently, he was so sick he had to drop out of um, doing the entertaining the troops as well. Because yeah, he's healthy. a sickly looking. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. despite living to a ripe old age. Yeah, well, you, good for him. Yeah, yeah, good for him. But like a lot of people, like I mean, Christopher Lee famously fucking murdered Nazis. Um, yeah, like, with the OCS, he said. Uh, although, others have said, uh, did he really though? But. Well, there's that um, famous story about um, him telling Peter Jackson that's not how someone acts when they get stabbed in the back. Uh, how do you know? I know. Uh, I love that story. Um, I'm in my in my head canon. Peter Cushing murdered all the Nazis. Um, not Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing if, together. No, yeah. um, but he shows up, and so like there's that he uh, Pearson comes. In, I think Pearson comes into the office and he calls. Uh, the colonel, a man of some importance. Yes, like, yes, yeah. or consequence or something, or man of a, a, man, a man of a man, a man of consequence. And like you mentioned this to me, and it's on the commentary track. They talk about deterrent, deference. Yes, like, deference, and that's a deference. Now, I'm a dumb American. Um, right. I don't under, I don't fully understand this. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it more of a thing in in Japan? That's certainly the idea. Well, elaborate oh. a bit. Yeah, it is uh, you you? It's about the class system, you know. It's in, very ratified in in uh, certainly England, round about this time as well. You know, you have upper middle class, middle class, lower middle class, working class, uh, and then the upper class as well. And you defer to to, to the the ones above you. If somebody called Core Colonel Gore Hepburn comes into the bank, you don't ask too many questions. You just assume. This hmm. guy is above you. Okay. And in, in 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 Japan at least, like Japan always seemed to pride itself on everyone being middle class. Yes. And in my experience, I I work as a contractor pretty much as a as a teacher. So I don't really get involved with the system, the hierarchies at the companies. But from what my clients tell me, that exists to a certain point, but really only with like white collar society. And the same in America anywhere you know the 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 guy above you is in charge you know um yeah. 
but that's really it. You, you don't get also in Jap in Japan. At least I don't think so. There is diff. There are different accents and dialects based on class, but not like it used to be in England. Yeah, in England you could just tell automatically, and and all the characters in this, where they are in the pecking order, is is very clear to at least the <laughs> British audience. Uh, like for instance, uh, Harville, the 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 supposedly younger uh, <laughs> Clark. Well, you know he's got some of his uh, some of his. Yeah, accent a little bit choppy, a little bit more working class than the other two, and even by the way he walks, he's got kind of like a really, a roll. yeah, yeah, he walks in and he's got kind of like a a roll like that, you know, he's like a, <laughs> his shoulders kind of move. And you think, okay, he's a he's he's a couple of um, rungs down the the social ladder than the other two. Huh. This is, I mean, like America is obviously has classes too. But it, I, I, when, when, from watching British films and also my boyfriend's a huge Anglophile, the the divisions in this era of England I feel were much more defined. Yeah. Than yeah. than in America. Okay. In America, you could fake it, like you know. Well, uh, in, in this as well, Colonel well, Gorehead. Yeah, apparently, you can because yeah. the man of some consequence is a motherfucking bank robber, <laughs> <laughs> and. I the movie is so tight. The first tw- in the in the in the in the full version, the first twenty minutes of the setup, and then almost exactly twenty minutes, the twist hits, mm-hmm. and Peter Christian gets a phone call. Yeah, and the phone I, call is yeah. it totally turns it. It is from uh, the the Fordyce's wife and son at home shouting down the phone, screaming, and. Uh, Gore Hepburn tells him that uh, his wife has electrodes attached to her, her head, which uh, his uh, accomplice will will fire if he doesn't do what he tells him. It's quite a brutal turn of events. And it's like he could just kill her. Like, you know, he could just say he has, he has a gun to her head or he'll strangle her or throw her in the Thames or whatever. You know, <laughs> Thames, I'm sorry. Um, Thames. T- Thames. 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 Okay. I- Gomen aside. That means that's, that means I'm very sorry in Japanese. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a, a vivid image, mm-hmm. and of this like he's gonna electrocute her, <laughs> like <laughs> if you don't do exactly what I say. And then the close up on Peter Cushing's face is fantastic. This movie is directed amazingly. It's all yeah. one set, more or less three rooms, and an yeah. outdoor set. Um, super claustrophobic and it gets more and more claustrophobic as it goes i feel with mm-hmm. good close-ups good just reaction shots and just the way peter cushing also plays the role apparently his banker was afraid of him doing this role because peter, yeah. because peter cushing played frankenstein but he modeled it after his old high school teachers and so he's very uptight and has a lot of like funny like physical tics like tapping his heels and stuff but yeah. in the first 20 minutes, he is the most uptight man in the world. And then very quickly, he he unravels and shows all his weaknesses like instantaneously. Yeah. It's an amazing performance by an actor who is always good. And in this mm-hmm. movie, he's just like top of the line. Um, and he goes along with it because he has no choice. But yeah. that's when Neil on So... This movie has two things that make me that interest me. So there's a scene. So he calls Gore Hepburn. He says you're nothing but a common thief. Mm-hmm. 
And then what does Gore Hepburn say? Well, I think of myself as an uncommon thief or something like that. Now, yeah, now, so Die Hard. That's <laughs> exactly what I thought when I saw it. Yeah. I'm an exceptional thief. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you I, think? A little bit of uh, Hans Gruber. Uh, there's a little bit of Gore Hepburn in Hans Gruber, and I do wonder if Alan Rickman had seen it. Or Alan Rickman or the writers of Die I mean, this movie never, I mean, this movie played in America, but it was never on video. No, no. Yeah. So I, I do wonder if, is that, the, is that D'Souza? Did he write that? Stephen D'Souza? Oh. oh, it sounds familiar, but I, I couldn't swear. I think it's D'Souza. And I think, uh, yeah, Stephen D'Souza. Stephen D'Souza. I do wonder if he had seen this movie because it's set on, set on, also set on Christmas. Yep. Exactly. You know, yeah, it's just like it's just it's just a little thing that when I watch it with my friends, every time that line comes up, my friends are like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you think uh, Hepburn and Alan Rickman and, and uh, what's his name uh, Gruber have Gruber. a lot in common? I I think so. I mean, Gruber is a lot more uh, up in your face, brutal, I suppose. But oh yeah, he murders people. Yeah, yeah, but he's got that <laughs> got smoothness. You know, walking in like you own the place. Yeah, there's a definite similarity with that. Yeah, I, I guess so. And also charming. Charming. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because like it is, it, and I think one of the interesting things because you, you talk about the the deference. I keep wanting to say the deterrence, but that's 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 a different thing. That's the that's the that's what the director did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the nuclear war joke. Um. When Hepburn is there, Fordyce has to become the second fiddle. And yes. that explicitly turns out a little, uh, a touch more deference, I think. He even yeah. says it. You know, yeah, yeah, you're right. Up. You're right. Yeah. A yeah. little more eagerness to please. Yes. And it's funny because you, you, you really get the impression that the staff like Gore Hepburn more. That's right. Because yeah. they don't know he's a robber. They don't know he's a robber. Well, of course, he's charming, and he gives them a fiver for their Christmas party. And he's driving a Maserati. Yes, which they also yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. And he's outgoing and fun, and they get to see him talk down to Peter Cushing's character. Which must be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun when the boss... I The last company I worked for was a piece of shit, and whenever you got to see the bo- the, the the little sycophant, sycophant English-speaking manager get taken down by the Japanese boss. That was, oh, <laughs> better than sex. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Anyway, um, not here to talk about the uh, English teaching in Japan. Um, but I, I, it's kind of, it's one of those interesting films where you, you kind of start to root for the bad guy. Because yeah. Peter Christie's not very likable. That's right, yeah. It's, it's like a lot of these films, and even even slasher films in a way, you know, it, it, it plays with who you're backing. You know, this is a guy that's on the mission. It's, it's, he's trying to do something. So obviously you're going to, you're going to be following that. And it does it and, very effectively. Yeah. And he's never, he's only violent once. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. When, when Fordyce says that they don't have much money in the bank at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gorehead asks him to take his glasses off and gives him a couple of slaps across the face, which is quite yeah, shocking. Tears in Peter Cushing's eyes. Yeah, you know it is funny. Like if 
I was thinking Fordyce, Fordyce later threatens to kill him. And yes. I don't think it's an empty threat. I think he would kill him. He would yeah. try to, you know, if, if, if something happens to his wife. But Fordyce is a giant wuss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he, would he qualify for having OCD or is he just a tight ass? Well, those little ticks do seem to suggest a little bit. He's got definitely some nervous ticks. He's got the rolling in the heels and the fiddling with his collar. Yes. Um, Wearing but, two pit, the, the galoshes is a great oh, bit too. Start, yes. Oh, yes. God. Does. Yeah. He gets to his desk and he rearranges everything just to be just so. <laughs> just to be perfect. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, but the movie then moves on. I, I, I do, th- it, it, the opening credits. You see the whole bank except the inside of the vault. And then That's as right. the movie progresses, they go into the vault. And That's right. Not showing you the whole set that we're gonna be we're gonna be watching, basically. Yeah. And that the opening of the vault is very much a hallelujah moment. Yeah. Like in Die Hard. You know? Yeah. The lip, definitely. yeah. Uh Gore Hepburn's eyes just light up when he sees the cash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're working in pounds and fivers, is that what they call them? That's right. They they pack they pack up suitcases, go ahead on suitcases with one pound notes and then five pound notes. <laughs> Which no. is yeah. A pound was a lot more back then. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Not a pound, but yeah. Sorry, that, that was a weight joke. Um All right. Yeah. <laughs> I always get confused sometimes like like when I'm talking to clients and they talk about getting pounds. I'm like, pounds of oh. Oh I'm an yeah. idiot. Yeah. Anyway. Um and it's 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 fun because at that point, like they're working together. Because he has to, or he'll kill, or he thinks he'll kill his wife, and yeah. the the level in which Peter Cushing kind of placates placates Gore Hepburn, I think, is really is really like he becomes his underling, like without 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 a choice, you know, accommodating his needs to fit. Like Gore Hepburn scripts him on what to say and when to say it, and yeah. Peter and Cushing give, give him a nod as well to let him know. Right, this is your time to see this. This is your time to see yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, just the way I think in an American movie, in a modern movie, you'd see scenes of like this character would not be well. This character, if, if they made this movie in America, even back then, I feel like Peter Cushing's character would not be as unlikable, and yeah. they would do. He would do more to try to get help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he probably would. It did remind me, and I couldn't remember the films. It reminded me of, I don't know if it was Desperate Hours or something like that, where somebody comes in and invades a family home and, and the, the person holding them hostage seems to have a better rapport with the family than the, the husband does. And I can't remember <laughs> if that was, if that was, uh, was that Mickey Rourke and even Anthony Hopkins? I can't remember. But it seems to be like a dynamic, which I, uh, which, which I recognized. We well, even get that like there's that really bad Dennis Leary movie, The Ref, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> which has that too. They end up liking him more than the family likes each other. That's not Kevin Spacey in that, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, I think That's that was called something in the UK, but I have seen it. It's not great. What was it called in the UK? I have got no idea. No, something else. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, it, the, these these movies, these hostage movies, where the 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 bad guy, they never really they can they never make Gore Hepburn an anti-hero. He's a bad guy. Yeah. But but he's so but just the way he acts and the way he puts himself out there, it's very much like maybe Peter Cushing kind of deserves it. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. It does. It makes it easier for you to kind of switch your allegiances. Hostile hostages is what uh, the ref was called in Britain. Hostile hostages? Yeah. Is that because you don't have refs? You have refs, don't you? Do you just say... We have refs, yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a baseball reference. I mean, come on. It's bizarre. <laughs> anyway, um, I, but what I really like about... like my, I like everything in this movie, but I really like once Gore Hepburn has escaped. Yes. And he has convinced Peter Cushing that he can't do anything for an hour. That's right, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, got, wife, yeah. he's going to be calling the family every 15 minutes, apparently, well, in a, in a Maserati, <laughs> driving away. The yeah. very first car phone, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Peter Cushing totally believes it. Yes, but what, what, but, 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 uh, Pearson. Yeah, this is, this is my favorite scene, actually. Even yeah, though so I love um, Pearson, the, the, the downtrodden main clerk, uh, comes in. And, uh, well, when Gore Hepburn had come in, he'd made a big deal about how he'd been allowed in uh, without anyone checking his credentials. He said, I could, you know, basically, he said, I could be anyone. <laughs> and afterwards, uh, um, Pearson, actually, it wasn't his ideas. It was the, the other fellas, Harville's ideas. Said, yeah, Harville. Or, or Sanderson, I think. No, it was maybe Sanderson. One of them, so, one maybe, of them, yeah. Pearson's not a great clerk, actually. He makes a lot of mistakes in this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Fordyce is right. Maybe well, I Pearson should be like, though. Yeah. Also, it, Pearson, before we get there, Pearson has the gun. Oh, Pearson has the gun, that's right. But it has <laughs> no he, bullets. Yeah, and he's lost the bullets as well. I was thinking, fuck's sake, Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> Did banks but, have guns back then? And they must have, yeah. I, wait, I were handguns legal? I didn't even know handguns were legal in the UK. They were certainly more legal back then than they are now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you have fun- you have functional gun control laws on like America. Oh yeah, it's very yeah. strict now. I think then it's a lot more lax. Um. So yeah, he's got dirty pen nibs. He's got the the gun which you can't find the bullets for. <laughs> <laughs> kind of for the best. I don't want that guy. I I like Pearson, but I don't want him with a loaded gun. No, no way. Um, Either he will murder Peter Cushing or he will accidentally shoot himself in the head. Yeah, yeah, he's going to mess up. Anyway, anyway, go on. Throughout the, the day, he's been trying to get in touch with um, the head office. And the, and, and because it's uh, so old-fashioned, they, they, he has to wait to get a line to London to make a call, yeah. presumably coming <laughs> up for Christmas. Um, and he's found out that Gore Hepburn is not who he says he is, that Gore Hepburn, the real Gore Hepburn, is in Manchester. So he goes in, tells... Uh, Pearson it sells Fordyce this and then basically just says he's robbed the bank hasn't he and uh, Fordyce crumbles again and we've got another and, uh, yeah turn that um turn of the of the tables and Pearson's now the one in charge that's a great scene and like just there's that they mentioned it on the commentary track but also it's just like you notice when you're watching it there's that beat there's a pause like yeah. it's a very fast-paced conversation back and forth. Uh, Peter Cushing is barely holding on. He's like, "Get out of here! Get out!" Of here, waving his hand to tell him not to worry about it. And there's a pause, and then Pearson's like, "He figures it out." Yeah. And you got the bank, hasn't he? And then the best part about it for me that's that's a great line. But then yeah. also, Fordyce is like, "You can't call the cops. You can't call the police." And he's like, "I, I called him ten minutes ago." Yep, yeah, that's it. And you're it's just, like the wall. 
Yeah, it's like the Watchmen. I was thinking to say thank you. Yeah, yeah. Said out twenty minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but then they all every, you don't see this. It happens off camera. It's probably the, probably the only cut in 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 like chronological like cut. Pearson obviously tells everybody else what's going on. Yes. And so then they all work together to help Fordyce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think, yeah. It's a, that's the Christmas bit coming in. They're all helping their <laughs> boss who they, none of them like. Well, He's helped Rob back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Fordyce is a prick, but he's not a bastard. Yeah. Like, I've had coworkers, I've had coworkers who are like just kind of dumbasses, and I've had coworkers who are like openly racist, like wannabe sex offenders, you know? So, well, like, you know what I mean? Like this horrible, horrible, disgusting human beings that like you wouldn't give him a life preserver. Um, yeah. He's not that bad. He's just kind of an asshole. And so they're all covering for him. They're all trying to help him. But it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, because the, the cops turn up. He can't get them away. He manages to convince them that uh, it's all just been a, a big misunderstanding. I can't remember how he convinces them. I mean, a lot of fast talking. A lot of fast, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, basically gives the gives the policeman a drink as well. Yeah, Christmas, uh, but it doesn't work because they got a new cop, a new uh, inspector, who's very keen. In his, uh, he's up from London, and uh, he's already been out chasing him, and has already captured him. Yeah, so already brought him back. Yeah, this is the next twist that they bring Gore Hepburn back into the bank. And he's still With a cocky all- prick. He's still a cocky prick. He is. <laughs> he's like, he must be thinking, well, I'm going to prison for at least 10 years. I'm going to have fun the next five minutes. Yeah, exactly. He lets, <laughs> he lets Fordyce, you know, think of more excuses. Does he not say that the money in the car is for a bit of Christmas shopping? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I yeah, what he's talking about there. But increasingly <laughs> desperate. Yes. And... Eventually, you find out that th- that Fordyce's family was never in danger. No, this is but I bet I understand how did that? How did he manage to get a tape recording that was convincing enough? Probably the only weak part of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that? I mean, you 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 would think he would know the sound of his wife's voice, you know, and like, yeah, and the sound of his kids' voice, and the sound of his. Yeah, but he maybe he's not a very good dad. He does say to Pearson when he's falling apart, he said, look, my family is all I've got. He doesn't have any friends. You know, nobody else likes him. You know, this is his whole life. And it's quite selfish, I suppose, saying that's what he said yeah, in the commentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not talking about his, his wife and kid for their own sake. He's saying, I'll have nothing left if they're gone. Just a desperation. But I, I, if he's that obsessed with them, not obsessed with them, but uh, if they're all he's got, you'd recognize their voices. Yeah, and also, but also, like, they could be all he's got, and he still could be a bad dad. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, the, the picture of his kid, his kid looks so sad. <laughs> like in that picture, the kid just has this look on his face like, fuck me. God damn. Yeah. My dad, my dad, if I, if I leave out one accident, if I leave out one toy, it's a switch. Yeah, yeah. I'd you imagine he may be amazed that he said, what, my dad loves me? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> this, this, that, that, and that, and that kid, that kid is um, what Harry Chapin. Who's that? Captain, Captain the Cradle. Captain the Cradle. The oh right, that's a joke. Yes. That was a joke. Yes. 
I almost I almost made the internet mistake of saying Cat Stevens. It's not Cat Stevens. It's, it's Harry no, Jacobs. No. Not Cat Stevens. Yeah. I, had to, I had to stop. Yes. Okay. That's a Mandela effect, by the way. Get out of. I've heard that. I've, I've heard that quite a lot. Yeah. Well, that's because people in the early in the late nineties had bad MP3s. Um, yes. Yes. One. But anyway, enough about that. You are right, though. Yeah. Uh, and then the last, I like the last fuck you, Gore Hepburn does is, but earlier on, he put some money in Peter Cushing's pocket. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, says, kind of... Yeah. When they're in the vault, he says, hey, "Do you want to take a little bit as well?" And, and uh, yeah, there's a. A reaction from Peter Cushing, I would never do that. I, I say. I say. No. But, um, yeah, he slips it in and it falls out when he's talking to the police. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like Peter Cushing's Fordyce's patheticness. Yeah. Say, like, he's just so pathetic that. It kind of uh, saves him. Yeah, go ahead. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I would. I have better men than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think by this point, the police realize he's not in on it. Yeah, but, also um, that, but yeah. yeah. It's like, God, no, I would not be <laughs> robbing a bank with this idiot. <laughs> I have some respect. I mean, please. I respect my craft. Yeah. But, but I do wonder if uh, him saying said, no, he's not involved. There was a little bit of uh, Christmas spirit from Gore Hepburn coming in. Thinking, yes, oh, be- off the by now. yes, because this movie is also, in addition to being proto-diehard, <laughs> it's also kind of a christmas carol yes it is yeah he's uh, yeah the the miser learns the true meaning of goes through the ringer and learns mm-hmm. the meaning of christmas because by the end once he finds out he's not going to jail he might lose his job but he's not going to jail um he seems to have a, a new lease of life he goes out through the door to be questioned by the police with a, a bit of a spring in his step yes and, and uh, saying he's going to come to the christmas party yeah, yeah, he's a change. He's not like you know, zippity doo dah, yay. But he is. He he's he's no longer frozen. He's slightly thawed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> His heart grew one size. Yes. Not the full two that the Grinch got. You know, yeah. he, he's he's halfway there. But yeah. I feel like that that's a, that's. I think you need that, or at the or there's no. You feel if, if if Peter Cushing's character doesn't become a better person through the film, then you're mad that Gore Hepburn didn't get away with it. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So the real story, the real arc, is uh, Peter Cushing yeah. becoming a little bit less of a prick. Becomes a real boy, yes. Yeah, um, and 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 the banking industry is saved. Do do you really think that he's a changed man, or is it to, is the next day is he back to being a prick? I think he's a changed man. Okay. You know, the dynamic at the bank has changed so much that he is not, you know, he doesn't have that deference anymore. That's a good point, yeah. That's that's shifted. They've all backed him up. So, but then again, I find it hard to think he'd keep his job after this. I mean, I don't... He's in charge now. I, I mean, his he thought his wife was going to be killed. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the banking industry is rough. It is. It may not be sacked, but he might be asked to maybe possibly consider his position. I was wondering how old Peter Cushing was in this film because Peter Cushing's always looked like an old man. <laughs> uh, must- let's let's do math really quick. Peter Cushing was born in thirteen. Was it nineteen thirteen? This is nineteen. Was, this was filmed in fifth. This was filmed in sixty. Yeah. So that would make him what? Almost math is hard. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. 
that 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 I mean that checks out. Um, that would explain why I, I, I like him so much in this movie. Um, <laughs> he's in the prime area for me. Um, yes, as 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 I've mentioned on this podcast, Peter Cushing is my type. I know it's weird. I don't care. Um, I uh, I I had in my notes. I'll I'll, I'll share the joke in, in my notes. I had a crossed out section, crossed out the things I would let Peter Cushing, Peter Cushing do to me. We'll skip that section. It's a lot. An uptight Peter. Cushing. Up, yes. So okay, really quick, not to get too too perverted. But when it's a guy like that, get two things. Two things go through my head. One is I can make him less uptight. Or two is whatever you want. If okay, I try. You obviously you're in control. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that because yeah. I'm not listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he he's he's not that old, but he looks old. Like that's like all the guys in this movie. It's like it's like when you watch Cheers and you find out that um, I forgot his name. Um, George um, Wentz. George Norm. Went was like 34 when he started. Yeah, it's like no, you're 50. Fuck you. <laughs> Or, or, or John Ratzenberger was like, like in his in his mid thirties when he when he started Cheers. He's like, no, you're like you're like sixty two. Go to hell. Um, people age different back then. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, you obviously, I would say, you recommend this film. Absolutely, really yeah. good film. Yeah, nice and short, tight, Christmassy, not too Christmassy. I think it's a really good Christmas film, and yeah, go and check it out on YouTube. Really and it, it. It, did, it did pretty good when it came out. It it it, it cost about thirty seven thousand pounds to make, and it made yeah dirt cheap over over two hundred thousand pounds. Um, yeah, I do love. Did did you see what it was? The B picture two in America. Uh, in America, it was um, walking the wild side, and um, yeah. which apparently is rubbish. Yeah, and in in England, was it Bye Bye Birdie? Bye Bye Birdie in in England, yeah. <laughs> I had to wait for a couple of years to get a, a film it could get paired up with, and they still yeah, wanted that, it. Chris, yeah, yeah, that was a weird little thing because it came out in '63. Yeah, yeah, which in Peter Cushing years is like 18 movies. <laughs> so if if it came out if they if they came out in '61 in America, and came out in six, well, I guess okay. Oh, he took a break then. I'm looking at his filmography. He was not in that many movies in '61 and '60. This is before his wife died. So right wasn't acting as much once his wife passed away he was just non-stop but yeah because like it but in the 60s peter in 1960 peter cushing was in five movies mm-hmm. <laughs> he was in flesh and the fiends which was a great movie um trouble in the sky brides of dracula great movie something called the risk oh the risk the risk is a great movie too i've seen that and right. then one of the one of the robin hood movies the sword of sobered forest yeah where of course he plays the sheriff of nottingham yep because I mean, <laughs> who else? Could, I, yeah, I mean, that's the right evil. You get Christopher Lee for the big evil, for the sithead evil. You get Peter Cushing. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was just strange that it took so long because they like they wanted to get it on another movie, but they wanted it to be Christmas. But this didn't work out. Weird, weird story. But anyway, uh, I might be a short episode today, unless there's anything else you want to add about this movie, because. It's a short no, movie. no. I, look, I really enjoyed this, and I, I used to watch quite a lot of the old kind of British Ealing stuff as well. So it was really good to get like an old an old British one again. So it's um, it's really made me want to watch a little bit more of that kind of thing because because I, I really like that that 
the, the, the British one, a little bit lower, lower key, good character actors. Yeah, good stuff. So can you recommend another one then, maybe? Oh, some of the, the Ealing, Ealing ones. If you want a good one, Dead of Night. I don't know if you've seen that one. That was like Ealing's horror one. It's like a... Um, uh, it's like a, a portmanteau film of, of horror stories. So Dead of Night. 45, uh, Dead of Night, have I seen? I don't think I've seen this one. So Yeah, that might have been Basil Dearden that directed that one. I can't remember. That movie has four directors, and right. one of them is Basil Dearden. Okay, um, might be Cavalcante as well and people like that. So yeah, um, some, some, some cracking films back then. You've got League of Gentlemen as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I do want uh, to see Victim. I've never seen Victim. Victim, I haven't seen either. I've heard that's really good. The one about um, uh, blackmailing yeah. uh, gay people. That's right. Yeah, it's a Joseph Losey film. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's also Basil, Basil Dearden, and um, and that's Dirk Dirk Bo- Dirk. Bo- How do you say his last name? Dirk Bogard. Thank you. Um, I can't even see British names. I can only. Say, I'm so American. Anyway, uh, if 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 for me, if you like this movie, I you know I'll, I would defer to Joe on that on that choice. And I would say any black and white Hammer crime film from like 1955 to 1963. Um, yeah. One I forgot to mention earlier is Scream of Fear, or Scream of. It has two names: Taste of Fear and Scream of Fear. Same movie. Okay. And that's a movie that's also kind of a noir, and that has Christopher Lee in a small form, small role. It stars Susan Strasberg, um, right. about a woman in a wheelchair who goes back to her family's house after she's paralyzed, and can't find her dad. It sounds good. I, I really oh, want to see some thrillers. It's yeah. amazing, and it is legitimately scary in parts too. Yeah. Um, highly recommend that one. But I can't think of any other good Christmas themed Hammer films, so maybe. Oh, Abominable no. Snowman Christmas themed. It's snowy. Hey, you know it's close. It's a good movie. Hmm. I haven't seen it. It's, that one. It's it's the it's my third favorite British horror film with the word abominable in it after the Doctor Fives wow. movies. Um, <laughs> but but it is a it's it's a good it's a it's one of a Peter Cushing. I think they made that right before right after Frankenstein, and uh, it's black and white. Really, kind of. On by the seat of their pants, kind of figuring out as they go, but it's creepy, it's fun, and there aren't enough horror movies about Yeti. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're right. Should yeah. be more. So to be more. So yeah. But anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Joe, where can they find you on the internet? It's uh, at Fruit of the Loom. That's fruit spelt O O T. At Fruit of the Loom one on Twitter. That's yes. about it. So get it. Well, Twitter still here. It's still two O's. The plates haven't fallen down. No, it's still to us. The plates haven't fallen. No. <laughs> People who don't know that joke, it's, you're, you're a better person than us. Um, yeah. As of this recording, I'm still on Twitter. That might not be true uh, by the end of December because fuck Elon Musk. Uh, I am on Lost Turntable on other places. Anywhere you go, that's a social media network that has Lost Turntable. It's me except Instagram because I was hacked. That's a whole other thing. And of course, there's also my website, lostontable.com, and my YouTube channel, which someday I'll update again, uh, Lost on Table on YouTube. But uh, until next time, that, I'll see you again in two weeks. I think we'll, maybe this will come on. So one more episode before Christmas, maybe. So I'll try to get another holiday film, but I don't know what I'm going to do there. But anyway, 
I'll see you all again in two weeks. Until then, take care.